Wise Wise with Aaron and Alexander. Uncovering our authentic self through self-awareness, conscious communication, and emotional responsibility. Once we have made a change in a perception or a behavior, we are then presented a challenge in how to be authentic around our loved ones. They most likely have set expectations on what to expect from us, and suddenly changing could create friction in the relationship. Because of this, it is vital we communicate before and during our metamorphosis to prevent unintentional dis-ease. The idea of being authentic may also be misdefined. Alexander helps to add an additional perspective of what it means to be your authentic self while continuing to practice conscious communication. This episode is part one of another two-part series around being our authentic selves. So let's kick it off with Alexander. Well, one thing I would like to start with is um, that anytime we go through change, we have to realize that there are going to be those people that support us, um, and then there's going to be those people that don't really want to support the change, and it's very similar to the internal with the conscious mind and the subconscious. The subconscious wants things to stay the same, even if it's unhealthy or uh, not useful to us. Um, and the conscious mind is always looking to grow and change. And change is the only constant that we can count on in this whole lifetime, really. So learning to accept that change does involve friction, like anything that is life-sustaining uh, it has frictional qualities to it. And while we want to debunk the idea that when the term friction is brought up, that negativity is thought or felt, um, friction is necessary. So informing is another big um, part of this that I like to share with people that uh, the sooner you can inform ahead of time before a situation comes up, uh, the more likelihood you are to communicate that uh, change in a way that's not threatening to the other person to set them off in a defense. But what we do most of the time is we avoid confrontation at almost all costs, and that energy builds over a period of time, and normally it um, explodes and has a, a boiling point, so to say, um, and it's a, a lot worse than if it would have been handled a lot earlier. In the past, I've struggled with this when I have made changes, and all throughout my life, I've been changing nonstop, and I've just been lucky enough to have embraced it without really consciously realizing that change is good up until recently, where I've moved, you know, from state to state. Um, I remember having uh, or struggling with being authentic and being in the presence of others that haven't haven't seen me in a while, whether it be my family because I live uh, far away or and, and making a change. And then one thing I remember doing is feeling myself re reverting back to certain behavior before I had changed or, you know, like the last time I had seen them. And I think a lot of it was because of, I mean, there is that fear of judgment where if you've changed and it, it, it always, it always depends on the type of change. Mm -hmm. So, um, like we were talking about before, it could be, 
you know, you changing the way you eat your diet, or it could be the way, um, if you're working on your behavior when something doesn't go your way, all of these can be judged. But I think that I had adapted or reverted my behavior back because I felt like I wanted to make that person more comfortable. And for whatever reason, being my old self, like would not cause conflict or I guess it is somewhat judgment because then that person uh, would be more comfortable and they wouldn't, I guess there wouldn't be friction there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or a, or a need to explain oneself. Yeah. And that's, that's something else that people really, really avoid. Um, because they don't always have a good reason or a clear reason of why they're uh, making some changes. Um, lots of times people aren't aware of changes that they're making, but we are talking about a more uh, intent-driven uh, conscious change that we want to change and how to um, share that with those around us uh, and keep them in a certain amount of comfort zone. So. You know, rather than like, say, if there's a meal being prepared for the whole family and uh, say one has decided to be a vegetarian, then they can wait till the day of the meal and they can go and let everyone like um, maybe notice randomly that they didn't get any meat and like that to come up as a topic and to like to be this big deal, blah, 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 blah. Or. Uh, the person that's making the change could simply contact a few of the main people in the family and say, hey, I'm not looking to make a big deal about this. I'm changing this for my health. Um, and so uh, I just didn't want anyone to be offended or caught off guard. That can be a very simple uh, solution to what at the event could turn into a very uncomfortable uh, situation. Not that it won't still come up because you can't inform everyone. So that question may still come up. But the thing is, is that it will be extinguished pretty quickly because the people that rather than it catching everyone off guard, there will be people there that uh, they already know and they're aware of that. So they're not going to feed that that conversation or that fire, so to say. So informing and in the... um, you know, human design, the manifestors and manifesting generators have a really hard time at this, and that is one of their their keys. And we all share this um, these different obstacles uh, depending on our profile and many different aspects of that system. So once again, it's just good to to know where we're at on this subject and uh, and then moving forward, you know, uh, how to approach things differently to uh, communicate these changes better. So what is it about somebody that they would see somebody changing and be offended or take it personal that this person has changed something? Because I would like to think that change is good. And like you said, everything's changing. And because of that, if you're resisting change, then you're resisting, I mean, you could say life or time or whatever whatever you want to use as a metaphor. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, that's a great question. It leads into, um, you know, a very broad subject from my perspective is that uh, right now, now is the time, time that we need examples. 
we've really got enough books, enough information. We're in the information age. Um, the problem is, is now all the information contradicts itself. Um, it's hard, very hard to tell truth uh, from falsity. So learning to to grasp that awareness that as you go through change, you're reflecting in someone else change that they need to be doing as well. So normally if there's a resistance, um, and here's the way I like to break this down. Anytime you're in conversation, I like to say, be aware of three different types of reactions. One is the lack of reaction. So if somebody says something and projects it on you, um, it doesn't phase you at all. You have no association to it. Can you can you give an example of what you mean by projected on you? Okay, so like uh, when somebody's talking about changes that they w- want to make in themselves, uh, there's a projection in that it can be energetically projected. This is why the receiver has a resistance to it is because the person doesn't feel that they're only talking about themselves. They're really saying everyone should be doing this. So that's a that is typically the way people whether they be vegans or vegetarians or bicyclists or whatever their people are really into lots of times they do carry a little bit of that of everybody should be doing this um especially if it's something that they perceive is better for you health wise or something like that um so so that's why when typically when people are talking about what they're doing there is this projection energy that goes out as well. And that's what I feel like people are busy deflecting and defending. But the the problem is is that they're they're not paying attention to these these three reactions. So the one reaction is um say someone is changing their diet and going vegetarian and they're talking to a vegetarian and they say, you know, I've I've been studying and seeing that uh, most meat protein we really don't need blah blah blah. And so that person across from them has no reaction because they don't have any need to polarize that conversation. Um, so there's not necessarily anything for them in that conversation to feed them. But if a person has a resistance, it's because of one of two reasons. One resistance is just that I don't agree with that Um but I don't agree with it only for me. So there's no need for me to point out the polarity. There's no need for me to try to change this person's uh, view on this. Um, I just don't resonate with that as truth. And that doesn't have an emotional component to it. It's very accepting. Then there's a resistance to where there's an emotional component. And that is truly resistance to where the other one is just a differing of view but not no resistance. So this is, once again, tapping into the difference between polarity and duality. Polarity is through acceptance of differences. Duality is through the resistance. So when I'm speaking to someone or when someone's speaking to me, I want to always be paying attention to those three reactions. Two out of the three, I don't need to have any further recognition of. But if I have resistance that has emotion connected to it, then that's not about the other person. That's not about the subject. That's about me and some attachment that I'm carrying uh, from the past uh, connected to these words or to this person or, or to certain variables. And so that's what I want to turn my energy on 
is rather than the, the projected energy. I want to turn that into a, why is this making me feel this way? Why is this making me have a need to change this person's perception? Um, turning that why internally that we've discussed about on previous um, episodes. Yeah, I was, I was sitting here listening to you explain that, and uh, <laughs> the, the phrase, it's not you, it's me, came into my head. And I was like, oh, that'd be a, a funny T-shirt idea for what we're <laughs> right. just talking about because we really need to stress that whenever you have an emotional reaction, it is you, <laughs> not the other person. And like, but how do we, how do we spread that information so that people can take more responsibility for their emotions? Because I feel like, unless they're listening to this, they may not be getting that message. And and so I guess the best way is to become an example, like you were saying earlier. As it because. Um, you know, I happen to feel that conscious communication is 75% energy transference and 25% words. And most people are busy trying to teach through words. Um, but if you find people that are wise and that have truly mastered things in their lives, they don't need to make great speeches about it. They can just get around people and those people uh, just take on an energy, take on um, a certain lift. It lifts them up and can give them uh, perseverance to move forward just by being in a master's presence. So uh, that example to be willing to walk through and realize that, that everyone is our teacher and the way that we use everyone for a teacher is not to look for the people to teach us what to do, but to utilize everyone around us out through non-judgment to show us what not to do and to realize that every emotional reaction that we have is our own responsibility. And that's the only pathway that I've seen to emotional freedom is through accepting responsibility for all of them and choosing to not be a victim of people from the past and the roles that we have played, which this falls under the whole seven-year uh, concept that anything that happened to you over seven years ago is literally just like watching a movie because there's not one percent of you that is still that person. Every cell in the body completely regenerates every seven years. So we have to be willing to understand that to just consider the concept that we are always evolving, always changing, and playing different roles for each other as we go through life. And, you know, the, the, the cyclic age shows that, is that, you know, the parent puts the time in to raise the child, and then eventually the whole concept is that the child winds up raising the or helping the parent out as they age and become more like an infant again. So that is the, the external example of this internal seven-year cycle to work towards getting over trauma, to releasing trauma, to releasing the, our stories, to releasing the people that played the roles in our stories, accepting that everyone gets up every day trying to do their best. Believe it or not, people, everyone is out there every day at every moment trying their best with the best of intentions. And people like to say that there's just mean or bad people out there, but even those people in their concepts of what they're doing is for the good of something. 
So we need to remember that. I think that goes a long way. Yeah, those people you speak of, they obviously have their own perception of the world and their own reality that they live in. And to them, like some serial killers have have mentioned that they were trying to take the pain away from the children that they killed or, or their victims or whatever. Yes, exactly. So, I mean, this is the biggest obstacle of the, the human experience is justification. But we have to realize that uh, truth is very flexible because of that term. And that's what creates wars, creates arguments, creates um, fights. Um, but this is more of like coming from a, an internal well-being and just individual well-being platform. That That's what these techniques and these philosophies are based around is how to become our optimal selves. And from that respect, become strong as individuals and then become strong as uh, groups of people together. Thank you for bringing up justification. So can there be an actual good reason or is there an actual justification for acting differently around certain people? Oh, absolutely. Um, I call this uh, consideration. So... The way I like to describe this is um, anyone that's ever been to a funeral home after someone passes and there's a viewing and the family's there uh, taking visitors, um, everybody typically, from my experience, carries a similar uh, tone or a similar vibration within that uh, meeting hall. Uh, They're considerate that the family is saddened that they're fragile. And so no matter what someone's mood is before they walk into that funeral home, they typically adjust it out of consideration. But then after they leave the funeral home, they have the right or the opportunity to bring their energy right back to where it was before. So some people could say that that means that those people aren't being authentic. That means that If they were having a great day, that should they potentially go in there and just keep having their great day? That's what I like to bring into a picture that, once again, having a great day or being in a great mood is not determined by how externally you are showing it. It is really determined by how internally you can hold it. But most people... Uh, lots of people are very expressive, so they feel like that they're being more their authentic selves when they're expressing. But that ne- that's not necessarily true. You can have the same experience without the expressing. It depends on what you're looking for out of the event. So working with that, um, with that understanding that getting clear on with a person what authentic self really means you know, for for me, it happens to be that when I go out onto the public, uh, I happen to feel that I'm a service. So I use my alone time or my home to recharge, and I make sure that I'm prepared to play that role when I go out into the public because I accept that it's not about Alexander out there uh, when a community comes together. It has to be for the overall good of everyone involved or there's going to be negative friction. There's going to be duality. Um, 
So I'm considerate when I go into a public place that I don't need to express myself as 100% Alexander. I'm expressing myself as Alexander as a small part of a big whole. And consideration is a big part of that. Yeah, lately I feel that there has been, uh, I don't know if it's a movement or um, a resurfacing of information where it has justified being authentic as just emoting or, or basically doing whatever you feel like at that moment. Yeah. And, and I, I would, I kind of think that, that is a good way to be judged in a way, because I guess what we're teaching is like you kind of what you just said, where um, it's the way you hold that and yeah. not just let it explode everywhere. Yeah. Because it's understanding that, yeah, when you, when you have an external experience of something, you exhaust the energy. Or you can be in that energy and just hold it and be in that energy. And anyone that can really resonate with you in that energy, you don't have to express anything externally. They can just be around you and sense it and be in that together. Um, And it's going to burn a lot longer and a lot slower. Uh, So I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with external expression. It's just that there's a time and a place, right time, right place, right person, right duration. Um, So I'm very aware of this concept of uh, that you're speaking of, of to just release your emotions. And and, uh, I just I work with people to work in a different light and to realize that, you know, we really don't have the right or the need to vomit those emotions onto other people. But we can uh, go for walks uh, or drives. Um, isolate ourselves in nature in different ways and release and have those emotional releases. Um, We can release frustration and anger through uh, squeezing a pillow or or, uh, heavy exercise. There's plenty of ways to work with, whether it's yoga or sound or uh, many different ways to activate these emotions and release them in a conscious way as opposed to a what can be viewed as a child throwing a temper tantrum wherever they want to, however they want to. And some say that, you know, it's because they were repressed and never allowed to do that. But it should be looked at very deeply of whether if community is is part of the human experience, if everybody acts wholeheartedly as them so-called selves, there's going to be very little communication, very little uh, resonation, very little progress. So, once again, I bring back right time, right place, right person, right duration for everything. That's what I'm considering when I label the conscious way. Yeah, we're definitely not suggesting anybody not emote. Um, like you said, don't emote onto other people. And there's a reason why society views mature people as those who don't have an emotional reaction. I think, I think not many people have really consciously dissected what society's view of a mature person is. Yeah, I but, mean, because they're, they're really emotionally suppressed. Uh, they're yeah, detached. exactly. Yeah. Um, yep. So, yeah, so that is seen as like a maturity or professionalism. Yeah. 
And that's uh, why that gets in the way of somebody being a real person, that level of expectations, because, yes, I'm very much promoting emotional release. I'm promoting emotional processing. That's what all of this work gets to is the processing of all of this and realizing that we are being ran and um, uh, a veil is being put over our eyes in the present moment because everything is being filtered through past experiences and cumulative. And so when we have an experience in the present moment, it typically has very little to do with that present moment. It's all the accumulation of similar moments up to that point that causes the person to react. As soon as a person reacts emotionally, you're no longer conscious. You're no longer seeing this situation as it really is. You're seeing it through a filter. And, um, and hopefully these techniques, these processes, you know, will continue to help people to break out of these patterns. Yeah, I was, was going to finish the, the um, how society views a mature person. They view them as somebody being in control of their emotions and, you know, very stable. But that, that's where we differ is they want everybody to be like that all the time and suppress their emotions rather than you know, have a time and a place. To yeah, because, I mean, that. I would like to see, you know, uh, what I call emotional release chambers in uh, in corporate offices to where people can be challenged and go through an emotional situation and hold it back because they can't blow up at their boss. But then they can go to that room and take 15 minutes to release all of that frustration, all of that anger and get it out as soon as possible and then hopefully have something in there, whether it's sound or whether it is yoga or massage or whatever the technique is to bring that energy just back into balance. But we should be able to have that release without somebody else having to pay the toll of that release is my point. Yeah, I envisioned a padded room with like, and I I think there's a movie or something with this, but I, I like a beat up car where you just have a sledgehammer. You just like right. go in there, beat it, and go back to work. Yeah, and then you got your uh, Vibertune sound table there to <clears throat> to go lie on after you get out all your frustration and bring everything back into order. So another way that I've struggled with being authentic is uh, about a year ago, I was re-entering into the social scene, having moved here and been renovating a house, I never really had time to go out there and make friends. So I had re-entered the social scene, and I was meeting all these new people using Meetup and doing different events. And I remember coming to a sound journey and asking you this question, but I was really struggling with being, like, how to be authentic with people you were just meeting. Do you just tell them everything about you because you want them to kind of see the type of person you are or you know like I don't I just didn't know how to go about that and I remember asking you this similar question yeah and once again we we can bring in uh, depending on what type you are that helps to understand this to a great degree um, with you and I both being generators we're designed to really to respond um, so we have the energy to make things happen but we normally actually resonate to things that um, are coming to us and we're able to respond as either a quick yes or no. Then there are other people, such as projectors, they're called, that um, are designed to wait to be invited. And um, that can be very challenging for, for many of them. 
and uh, and then manifestors, uh, they are the ones that just uh, make whatever happen uh, at any time that they want to. So, so that once again is a is a balance that that is very difficult to answer in a general term, but a whole lot easier to uh, surmise once you um, have this understanding or this general understanding that that both the um, the Egyptian numerology and the human design are able to give. And there's other systems out there as well. I'm, I'm not saying these are the only two systems, but part of learning ourselves and how we uh, can navigate more optimally through this uh, plane in existence is understanding our makeup. And um, astrology or birth chart analysis is just one of the tools. Numerology, uh, sacred geometry, many different types of tools that are just useful to um, help see how we do fit in and relate to uh, other things on this plane. What did you find when you were working with uh, trying to fit in as far as did you experiment with telling people a lot about you in the beginning and then like you'd get a certain result and then you would change it up and like not give so much about yourself? Was it like just haphazard trying like that or did you just stay consistent and just get kind of consistent results? Well, I think I asked the question to you late in the game. So, so I had already met a bunch of people, and and I remember um, when I would tell them how many cats I had. I remember thinking to myself, oh, should I should I have said that? Because <laughs> then I feel like I need to explain why I have so many cats. Like I moved to I moved to Virginia with only two, but they just keep showing up. So, and I'm. And I love cats, and um, I try to help them out in any way I can. And I, you know, it's not like I kept every single one that showed up. I, I've, I've um, made sure to to fix them all because that seems to be a problem out in the wilderness, out in the sticks, with people having cats, letting them outside, and then they just multiply pretty fast. So I've I've tried to take some responsibility and help out with that, but. But uh, so you can see how me just explaining that, or at least in my head, explaining that a little bit makes it seem not like what society would view as a crazy cat person. And, and there are so many judgments that go along with that title. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone has uh, different aspects like that. And some things do need explaining more than others. And that's why I like to say, you know, nothing reveals like time. Um, there shouldn't be any rush to, to get to know anybody. Um, you know, I'm a very open person and I guess sometimes maybe I can be a little bit too open, uh, too quick, but I am more along the lines of, I want to get to know the, the good and bad as soon as possible and, uh, work through acceptance and moving on of whether I'm truly going to resonate with someone or not, but everybody's not looking to reveal at the same rate. So I think this really comes down to uh, rather than what is a, a right or wrong or a better way to approach the situation is more really about uh, how who you are relating to, uh, where you both are on the spectrum of that. And the more similarly that those are in resonance as far as like the speed and the rate that one wants to reveal themselves that's where I feel like the true harmony is not that there's a right or a wrong way to do it or a better way, but just that, uh, to develop that sensitivity to whoever you're engaging with. Um, first of all, pay attention to how revealing they're being 
And then I like to say meet a person where they're at. And so that once again plays into us exercising to approach people differently each time we interact. And this is what, uh, from my perception, being considerate of others like we are when we visit a funeral home or something like that. Because when we're present in the moment and we're considerate of others, we can see things a whole lot more clearly and then we can base our actions on that information and uh, have much more uh, what could be perceived as pleasurable experiences, especially deeper communication uh, where others are, are involved. But, but uh, the art of that dance comes into being able to read and watch uh, kind of where someone else is at and being willing to, to match them at that, that rate or that level of depth. Yeah, I think that's I think that's good advice and that is similar to what you said. And I tried to practice that going forward. But the struggle I was having is uh partly due to being a 5 or having a 5 in my human design profile. So I I definitely realized that I re- I recharge my energy when I'm when I'm out and around other people. I love to be alone and have my alone time and do the things I enjoy, but when I'm alone for a long period of time, like I get, I get into a mode, but, and I realize that once I go outside, even if it's just driving to the bank, it just, I just pull in energy and I get charged. So when I was meeting these new people, I was just too energized (laughs) and, and, and I got this energy and I was just happy to be around other people. And I think that's what I was kind of battling. It wasn't that I just like to hear myself talk, but right. just I had all this energy, and that's how that was how I was um, uh, getting it out. But yes, and that is you know a good description of the three five profile uh, that you carry in that human design is they do feed off of off of people, um, but there is still some alone time that's needed. And in your particular situation, you pretty much work alone, and so uh, you get enough alone time. Um, from that aspect. Yeah. Whenever I go home from recording this podcast, it's, it's, uh, so different than, than if I'm home all day and then, uh, the evening hits. Right. So uh, just explain that just a little bit. Okay. So in a normal day, if I'm working at home, you know, I'm working at home alone and then my girlfriend comes home and, and a lot of times I'll feel like I didn't do enough or I feel like I, I should just keep my head, my head in, uh, on what I'm doing. I mean, part of that is there's no separation because I am working at home. So there's no end of day cutoff. Right, and, I, right. and I'm hoping having a separate office within the house in a totally separate area that, that I'm not used to being in will create that, that type of separation. So when I'm outside of that room, hopefully that separation will be created where it will feel like I'm done working and I can now enjoy my home life. But when I'm out during the day and I come home, I just have so much energy and, and I have so many stories and my mood is just more uplifted mm-hmm. and I'm not kind of, um, I can get like, it's just low energy. That's what it mm-hmm. feels like where uh, I'm not very talkative and I don't have energy to, um, to, to listen to a long drawn out stories and things like that. Right. Right. It's kind of like lethargic. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and then 
Would you say that it's different depending on the person that you're, the person or the people that you're around? Like last night, we, uh, you and I happened to meet and around a group of people, so to say. Would you say that there's a difference when you come home from that as opposed to just coming home from leaving the podcast where you've just engaged with, with me? I think a few different pl- things are in play there because when I, when I go out somewhere with my girlfriend and then we go home, we both share that experience. Mm-hmm. So I may be in a more uplifted mood, but there's not me like having a need it. to share. Yeah. But when I come here without, without her and, and do our own thing and there's so many things that I learn and I want to go back and share them with her. So I feel like I have even more energy because right. I'm like, oh, I need to remember this. I need to remember that. So last night she was there and we were in a group. So uh, it's hard to say because there was really nothing to share. So I don't know what your, if you have a take on that. Yeah, I mean, the main reason that I brought that up is just to uh, to bring that into, A, your conscious mind and then get hopefully everybody else to, to see that, that like to pay attention to whether... Uh, we feel energized after being with one person or energized after being with multiple people or energized from being just around certain people and being drained around other people. Um, these are all just useful recognitions uh, to be making so that uh, we are starting to just keep a tally of where our energy goes because it's very interesting if people start getting on a budget and writing down every bit of money that they spend, they get very disgusted about how frivolous with their, their money and wasteful they are. But if they don't ever take the time to write that stuff down, they're still spending the same amount of money. So energy is very similar. Nobody takes the time to take an inventory of how they're spending their energy. But if they do, and they start looking at that and paying attention to whether they do feel energized when leaving a certain person or conversation or drained, um, they can start managing their time and their energy so much better. And it can have a drastic, drastic result. Um, Even if it is someone that works at home alone, such as yourself and myself, um, I both work in the public and alone. And so I, I get a balance of that, and I need more alone time than the average person. Uh, and my profile numbers are 4-1, and so the ones typically need the most alone time. And so uh, so all of that ranges per individual, and once again, that's part of, of this information and this work is to individualize uh, all of this and break it down to a very uh, specific um Uh, process for each individual rather than a broad concept for all or many Um, that's one point i really want to get across is this is a personalized journey we appreciate your interest and self-growth, conscious communication, and continuing to ask the wise wise. And remember, gradual changes over long periods of time equals lasting results. 
The information in this podcast has been developed over 20 years by Alexander in his observation of his personal life, private practice, and professional environments. This information is meant for educational purposes only and is not suggested as a replacement for traditional therapies or medications. As a matter of fact, we suggest to not believe any of this information, nor any of the information out there in the world. Remember, knowledge plus experience equals wisdom. Seek the wise. We are looking forward to continuing to provide this information through this platform, and if you are drawn to support us, you can do so by the following. Sharing is caring. Share the podcast with like-minded individuals. Emotional responsibility and energetic wisdom can save the world. If you are drawn to support us monetarily, you can do so by visiting our patron page, where you can make a monthly donation in exchange for exclusive Wise Wise perks. You can do this by visiting wise-wise.com slash patron p-a-t-r-e-o-n next you can head over to alexander's website where you can book private consultations in person by phone or on skype find out more information on his live performances class schedules products including birth chart analysis reports and music and check out more information on his sound therapy tables to do so you can visit vibrotune.com v-i-b-r-o T-U-N-E dot com. Finally, if you have been searching your entire life for consciously created apparel featuring the Wise Wise logo apparel, Alexander themed clothing, or other alternative perspective designs, you can head over to Verity's Apparel, where you can find all that and more. That is veritiesapparel.com. V-E-R-I-T-E-E-S-A-P-P-A-R-E-L dot com. We want to thank you for being part of this journey.